The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The contents, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello again and welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcast and also at soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the Toddcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I'm Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk TV show available on BMC channels 28 and 29 and also on demand at belmontmedia.org. Well, we're a couple of days uh, out from the uh, just-completed NBA's Eastern Conference Finals, and with that, uh, unfortunately for all of us here in uh, the New England area, the end of the Boston Celtics season, a season where they uh, exceeded expectations in a huge way, uh, actually uh, getting to within one game of the NBA Finals and uh, doing it without uh, their top uh, two players, uh, whether you want to measure that in terms of talent, payroll, whatever, but uh, to do it without Kyrie Irving and uh, Gordon Hayward and uh, to get all the way to the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers and the the great king himself, LeBron James, is uh, quite an accomplishment. So, of course, whenever uh, I'm thinking about uh, anything Ohio sports, I go to my uh, special Ohio sports correspondent. We're very pleased to be joined on the phone line by uh, Mark Elliott himself. Uh, he is a longtime Ohio radio personality and uh, program director, and uh, we're actually catching him uh, in, in the uh, Ohio uh, commute, I guess the, the, the commute of Columbus, Ohio, this evening. How's, you want to give us an updated uh, traffic report there, Mark? No, traffic is horrible, but Columbus traffic doesn't even come close the Boston traffic, so I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> well, no, see, that's why I thought if you gave a traffic report, maybe the people that are stuck in traffic while they're listening to the Toddcast would be able to, uh, you know, feel like it was a they were getting a breather because it, your, your conditions don't sound nearly as bad as uh, Boston at rush hour. The deal with Columbus is there's only about a 20 or 25-minute time period where it's bad, but when you hit that 25-minute time period, you just, you just have to get, have patience. Okay, are, are you're not in that right now, are you, or is it? Uh... I'm right towards the end of it. Oh, okay. Well, glad to hear that. Uh, well, and we're glad you, you could join us again. I know it's about your second or third appearance uh, on the Toddcast, and we're always glad to have you come in here to give the Ohioans uh, point of view, especially with the just completed uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Celtics giving it all they had, and unfortunately couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with the uh, with their shots in Game Seven, and uh, once again. LeBron James, and uh, boy, you really do have to put him up there in the pantheon of, of the greats of this game, uh, doing something uh, really uh, unprecedented in a couple of generations. I mean, you got to go back to the likes of uh, Bill Russell and, and many of those uh, Boston Celtics from the 1960s. But here is LeBron James uh, reaching the NBA Finals for the eighth consecutive year. And I, I got to admit, uh, Mark, he is not always easy to like, but I have to respect the hell out of him. Uh, he is an absolute beast of a player. Uh, being able to combine the abilities of a, of a small point guard with like a huge power forward's body, and he can hit shots from just about anywhere on the floor, and he can post up just about anybody on the floor. So it's uh, it's an incredible accomplishment for LeBron. I'm, I'm lamenting the Celtics' uh, season ending, but uh, boy, LeBron making some history here. Eight straight trips to the finals, just like I said. It, it's unprecedented. you got to go back 50 years to, to find anyone who's done it. Todd, if I was the head of either major political party today, I would immediately nominate LeBron James to be some sort of high-ranking official and or president <laughs> because he is the only person who can unify the country. My example is the City Tavern on 4th Street in downtown Columbus where I watched Game 7 with an entire wedding party coming from a rehearsal dinner, uh, about three or four uh, working-class laborers sitting at the bar, a number of seven-figure income mortgage bankers who had a table together and were buying uh, doubles on the rocks, all of them cheering for exactly the same person, all of them there and excited for that one person. Let's be honest. Nobody in that room knew 
any other player on the floor except for LeBron James. Uh, uh, the casual fans were there. Of course, the hardcore fans know, but we're talking about a group of people who were unified in one way, and that was LBJ. It, 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 was, it was astonishing to watch. It was a fun game to watch for me uh, with a crowd of people. It's the first one I've watched that way so far this year. And um, um, it, it, it was absolutely amazing. It was it was virtually, I mean, you was it was it LeBron was it LeBron's best game ever? No, clearly not. Was it LeBron's biggest accomplishment ever? He put that team on his back, played forty eight minutes at thirty three years old. I couldn't play four point eight minutes at thirty three years old. It's a it's it's. What do you say? There's nothing left to say. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's the end of the podcast then. So long, everyone. No, <laughs> no, but you're right, Mark. I mean, it's incredible what uh, he is doing, uh, what, what he did. You know, actually, you look back at game six and seven, uh, playing all but two minutes. Like you said, he went the full 48 in the seventh and deciding game at TD Garden on Sunday night. And in fact, in both games six and seven, where he only uh, was off the court for two minutes, he was an assist shy in both games of his fourth and fifth triple doubles of these uh, playoffs. And uh, what he's been able to do uh, this year, uh, already playing more games than ever. Uh, game seven was his 100th game of the year. And so he's heading into uncharted territory now. It's, the, I guess, the most games he's played uh, in uh, seven years. And out of all these uh, years in a row now, eight straight years of getting to the NBA Finals, what he's been able to accomplish with this particular Cleveland Cavaliers team, like you said, Mark, nobody, you know, like the casual fans, the casual Cavaliers fans don't know Jeff Green from George Hill, from J.R. Smith to, you know, uh, to Larry Nance Jr. I mean, it, it's just kind of a hodgepodge of players, especially with uh, with uh, Kevin Love uh, out with the concussion. It, what he was able to to accomplish uh, in these last uh, two games to, to bring the Cavs back and... You know, it was just, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, the Celtics had never lost the best of seven series when they led two games to none. They were in perfect 37-0 until they, they ran into LeBron. I mean, and you're right. His effort in game seven, it it may not rank up there with any of his all-time games, but I would put this on a very short list as far as what he was able to accomplish with this team. I mean, maybe you got to go back two years ago, coming back from 3-1 down against that 73-win Golden State Warrior team in the finals. But uh, shy of that, I mean, this one's, you know, this accomplishment's right up there as well. Don, the, the number that shocks me is that LeBron James has played the full 48 minutes in five playoff games. And in those five games, his team is 5-0. and that's the number that, if I was a Golden State Warrior, that's the number Steve Kirk ought to worry about. When you see LeBron sit down during the game, then you know you got a chance. Well, that may be true, but again, at 33 years old and having played uh, more games than he's played in, in seven seasons, uh, I have to wonder really how much he has left in the tank here, especially going up against a, uh, this may not be, you know, this isn't the 73-win uh, Warrior team from two years ago, uh, but certainly it's a similar team to what they had last year when Kevin Durant joined them. Uh, you know, looking looking ahead to that series, it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very tough. Uh, I I think it would be you know if if Le if LeBron can win over the Warriors with this group of guys, which are not as good as the group he had two years ago, I would say it would mark his his greatest accomplishment as an NBA player in a career that's been littered with amazing accomplishments. It's true, but here's the thing: LeBron James cements his his legacy. The same way Reggie Miller does, and that's winning the seventh game in a preliminary series. Uh, uh, Reggie Miller's legacy was, was completely cemented when he beat the Knicks in that game and when he scored, what, 122 points in 42 seconds. But uh, the, the, the idea LeBron James doesn't need to win the finals to, 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 to maintain his position as the best player on the floor um, uh, for quite a while. It's an amazing series, and I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, uh, seeing the Golden State Warriors. All my Cincinnati friends are Golden State fans because of David West uh, and his attachment to Xavier. So it's uh, there is kind of a split in uh, some places in the state of Ohio. Uh, but uh, I think you're going to see again. You're going to see a lot of people, uh, especially in Columbus. There's a lot of Cavs fans here. I'm sure we'll find a couple of places to be able to go hang out. No, I'm sure you will, Mark. And as far as David West goes, is he even playing uh, any getting any meaningful minutes with the Warriors this year? Because I, I can't remember seeing his name in a whole lot of box scores. I, 
have no idea. I just heard that again from a couple of people in Cincinnati today. Oh, okay. Some right. slack because I was like, well, you got to be. If you're coming out with me, you better be wearing your cab shirts. And that's when they started giving me slack. So, what can I say? Yeah, no, well, I mean, you're right, okay, so I guess there's that, but you're right, most of the state's going to be uh, pulling behind LeBron, and, you, you know, again, you like you, you brought up uh, your mark, you talked about his age, uh, you know, uh, 33, uh, almost 33 and a half years old, and, and again, playing more minutes this season, you actually take the whole body of work this entire 2017-18 season, uh, playing more minutes than he's played in in years, and to do it, you know, having to do it with a constantly changing roster. I mean, at the uh, at the trade deadline, basically they they revamped the whole roster. And you know what you know what he's done through the grind of this playoffs. Already eighteen playoff games for LeBron, uh, with the finals haven't even not started yet. Uh, you've got the fact that he had to grind through seven games against a, a pretty tough Indiana squad. Uh, oddly enough, the top seed in the Eastern Conference, the Toronto Raptors, uh, didn't play anything like a top seed. Uh, they might as well have been a, a last seed because they, they just kind of rolled over uh, against LeBron. And then you have this this young upstart Celtics squad uh, doing it without, uh, you know, again, no Kyrie Irving, no Gordon Hayward, and, you know, still uh, being able to push LeBron uh, to the maximum limit. So, you know, you talk about, I mean, you know, and, and look at that seventh game too, Mark, the fact that LeBron, uh, you know, everyone says he can't really do it all by himself. Well, he practically did, but he still did have a second uh, uh, guy who kind of stepped his game up, especially with Kevin Love uh, not being able to play. And that was that was a former Celtic and a former everybody, I guess, uh, Jeff Green, who's bounced around the league. But, boy, he had a, a game seven for, for his life, uh, coming up with 19 points uh, inserted into the starting lineup. And, uh, you know, I, LeBron, I think, was grateful to have the support. Jeff Green had the game of his lifetime. Isn't his wife just about to have a baby? Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure as, as if he didn't have enough things on his mind already. Uh, uh, something tells me LeBron James better be calling the uh, uh, doctor right now and arranging for the C-section for his uh, his wife. So that gets over today or tomorrow. So you don't have any concerns about him being there on uh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You know, it's weird too, Mark. I'm looking through this Game 7 box score and it shows like the playoff averages you know, the other incredible thing, uh, what LeBron's been able to do, he's averaging 34 points a game through these playoffs. He's averaging, like, you know, well north of 40 minutes a game. And he's the only player on, on the Cavaliers, well, in the active uh, lineup anyway, with Kevin Love out. He's the only other player on the roster averaging double figures through the whole playoffs. So, you know, it, it really is, as I said, you know, I mean, you have to say, Mark, you know, when you look at the other teams that he's been with, I mean, you know, certainly those Miami teams, which he helped construct with with all-star caliber players, uh, you know, and MVP caliber players, and then even to the, the recent Cleveland teams, uh, you know, when you had, at least you had Kyrie Irving and a healthy Kevin Love, I mean, again, to win to win back-to-back games, uh, you know, to, to close out a series while facing elimination, it's, you know, and doing it, as I said, with this cast of characters is, is pretty amazing. Well, we, we, we do need to get in uh, uh, some props for your team, though, because once they get Kyrie back, they're going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference, hands down. Hands down, the, the Celtics are a good team. Uh, um, they didn't quite know what they were going to do when they lost Kyrie at some point. Nobody really stepped up in that role, and you could see that the Celtics have a great young coach, have a great young team, and and they're going to be right back there next year, and and maybe even just a little bit stronger. So, so don't get discouraged if you're a Celtics fan. No, I, I'm definitely not discouraged for the long term outlook, Mark. But I do have to say it was it was frustrating as hell watching. Uh, the Celtics just missed shot after shot uh, in that seventh game. I mean, you know, you talked about someone stepping up to fill the void with with Kyrie Irving being out, and that was Terry Rozier, scary Terry as he was called, and he had one hell of a a playoff run. But unfortunately, when it when it counted the most on the, on the biggest stage, Game Seven Sunday night at TD Garden, he's two for fourteen shooting, zero for ten from three point land, where he had excelled through the playoffs. He also excelled at home in the playoffs. Celtics were a perfect 
10 and 0 uh before before losing uh, game 7 the other night and you know he just unfortunately Rozier kind of wilted under that pressure Jalen Brown another player who performed so well during the entire postseason run of the Celtics but you know he struggled 5 of 18 shooting and uh, only 3 of 12 from long distance i mean these were guys that they counted so heavily on and who had also played well at you know at home in the playoffs and uh, they didn't come through now on the other hand Jason Tatum an emerging star I loved seeing that embrace with him and uh, uh, LeBron after the game uh, of course uh, they I think they flashed a photo up during the game uh, you probably saw it from where you were watching uh, when uh, Tatum was like eight years old and he got to meet LeBron and shoot some buckets with him and you know for that to kind of come full circle or, or you know and then you see you know uh, Tatum with that monster dunk over LeBron in the fourth quarter uh, kind of like the last great moment for the uh, the Celtics season uh, kind of summed up right there it just uh, no you're, you're the future is very bright when it comes to the Celtics and Brad Stevens is a is a uh, is a one of the top coaches in the league if not the top but I you know you measure it by championships too and he hasn't gotten any of those yet so I'll I'll put him in as, as one of the tops I'm not gonna get overly crazy but he's uh, yeah the future looks very bright uh, you know they'll have Kyrie and hopefully Gordon Hayward back next year at full strength and yeah that's uh, to add to a team that got a lot of great all those young players got so much playoff experience this year uh, you know you liked what you saw which just it just made it a little frustrating to watch in that seventh game when you know they just you know again outside of like Tatum and Horford nobody could could shoot with any kind of success at all well now now what's your prediction what's your finals prediction now what do you what, what who do you have how many games uh yeah, I got to be honest. I mean, part of this is, uh, you know, again, and I have all the respect in the world for LeBron and what he's been able to do, but you just look at these two teams, you know, on paper. Frankly, I'm a little surprised the Warriors got pushed to seven games by Houston. I, I thought that they were going to dominate that matchup a little more than they did. I think they have a chance to dominate this coming matchup with Cleveland. Because uh, remember, I think, you know, in Golden State, uh, Cleveland is seeing a team kind of like the Celtics. The Celtics are more of the raw, unrefined version of what the Golden State Warriors already are. They've got the guys who can shoot from long distance. They're not going to wilt under the pressure of a big game or a big series. They're going to make their shots, and they've got so many different guys to go to. And from a defensive standpoint, I just don't see, you know, defensively for Cleveland who they're going to be able, you know, it's like pick your poison. LeBron can only do so much. And in fact, I think Golden State's attitude might just be let LeBron score 60 a game if he wants to, because, you know, has Jeff Green got another 19-point game in him? When Kevin Love comes back, if he comes back from the concussion symptoms, I mean, is he going to be able to provide anything? I, You know, I think it would be a major accomplishment if Cleveland can get it to six games. I think for now, I'm, I'm going to say Golden State in five, I think. Uh, it's just... Uh, just too much firepower there, and uh, I think they know they kind of dodged a bullet with, uh, you know, with Houston throwing everything at them, and maybe they got a, the benefit of uh, Chris Paul missing the last couple of games. But uh, yeah, I just I just see way too much uh, talent on that Golden State squad, and just too much for for LeBron and the Cavs to have to try to defend. But but what are your thoughts on the series, Mark? Here's the deal: if that series goes two and two with uh, home team wins in the first four games. I think it's all possibly on the table in a two-out-of-three series. If Golden State wins a game in Cleveland, I think it's Golden State five or six pretty easily. See, that's what I think too. I think they're, I think they're, they're, they're going to win a game in Cleveland. I just don't. I can't see Cleveland winning two in a row against Golden State the way they did against the Celtics in, in the, the Eastern Conference Finals. If Cleveland pulls one out against Golden State at home in the first two games. That's when, you know, you look at what, what game was it that, that Kevin Durant didn't show up for? Game five? It was one of those games in that yeah. Houston, five or six. Kevin Durant didn't even show up. There was a guy with his jersey on, but I'm not sure it was him. And, and, and that's all between his ears, and you got a guy that has the potential to be intimidated. Nobody's going to intimidate Curry. Nobody's going to intimidate other players on that team. But Durant's one of those guys that, you know, if, if they can get into his head in some way and get out of, of Golden State with a win, uh, I think the Cavs might have a chance. So I'm not if, – if Golden State wins a game in Cleveland, that series is over at five, no more than six. If, if it's two and two at the end of four games with the home team uh, holding serve, I give the Cavs at least a little bit of a chance. If Cleveland sneaks a game away from Golden State, which I, I still don't think has the possibility of happening, but 
I didn't think they were going to win Sunday night. So what do I know? Uh, uh, but it, it, they they got to get into Durant's head in that respect. That that's the key to Cleveland having any chance to beat Golden State, even in even in a seven game series. No, I, I think you're absolutely right there. It's uh, That is probably the only chance they're going to have. And I, again, I, I keep coming back to this. I, I know LeBron played incredible in the series against the Celtics, but there were some times during that series, especially, you know, in the games that the Celtics won, where LeBron's, you know, jump shot looked a little flat, and, and maybe you can attribute a little bit of that to fatigue. I, I just think given the fact that here we are, LeBron playing his 101st game of the season, coming off, uh, you know, and also very short rest here. He's only getting, what, three days uh, off, you know, and, you know, you got to factor travel and they got to fly out to Oakland and everything. So it's not even really like a lot of rest. And I, I just think it's going to be asking a lot of LeBron. I mean, how many more superhuman games does he have in him? I, I just think it's going to be, it's just going to be awfully tough. There's just way too many matchups. I, I will give you the, if they can somehow get in, in Durant's head, but at the same time, even if they can do that, uh, you know, you know, an X factor too in this series, and I know he missed a lot of the end of the the Western Conference Finals was uh, Iguodala, who uh, kind of got forgotten about. He's he's kind of Golden State's fifth guy, but he's also sort of a glue guy for them, and maybe part of the reason why they struggled a little bit against the Rockets. Um, and he, I don't I don't think he's going to play at least the first couple of games of the finals. I don't think he's I don't think he's well. Yeah, no, I I don't know really the extent of his uh, his injuries, but you're you know. I think you're going to see Kevin Love the first two games of this series. I think the concussion protocol that he's going through, uh, uh, from what I read, and they're keeping it all quiet at this point. There, nobody's letting any information out of the bag. But right. But it's going to be interesting to see who the lineups were. Well, there's other Ohio sports to talk about now. No, no, we'll we'll get to some other stuff, but I, you know, right now the NBA Finals are kind of front and center on everyone's mind. Well, let me just ask you this, and again, uh, uh, hope uh, hope you're enjoying uh, this edition of the Tost Toddcast. I'm Todd Bloners, being joined uh, by Ohio radio personality uh, Mark Elliott, also the brother of our program director here at the BMC, Jeff Hansel, and uh, you can follow Mark on Twitter. His uh, handle is the Mark Elliott. That's all in caps, although I don't I don't think uh, Twitter is uh, is case sensitive, so <laughs> you can type it any way you want, but it's a uh, uh, the Mark Elliott. Uh, you can follow him on uh, on Twitter there. Uh, I got another question here to ask you, Mark, with regards to LeBron. Now that he's gotten, you know, because I, I, there was a lot made about that post-game, uh, you know, kind of the celebration as some of the Cavaliers players were kind of going through line and, you know, the owner uh, Gilbert's there and, you know, basically LeBron kind of just goes by with a kind of a quick, like, low handshake and, and goes by. And we know there's not a lot of love lost between those two right now. And, and certainly the off season for LeBron, there's been a lot of rumors about whether he will stay or go, and he may have limited options out on the open market. But do you think that just the fact that uh, that LeBron's been able to bring this particular group of Cavaliers players to the NBA Finals will that be enough to convince him to to stick around here in Cleveland? Because I still can't imagine him leaving Cleveland again, especially you know if they come up short here. I know he he did he did bring the city of Cleveland one championship, but if he bails on on the city and the state again, I, I I'm not sure how the fans would react. So what are your thoughts? Do you think he's going to stick around? And if he doesn't, how do you think the fans will be able to handle that? I've read three stories in the last three days. Story number one was how he had completely renovated his Brentwood, uh, California mansion because he was going to the Lakers regardless. Story number two was Stephen A. Smith making some suggestion that the deal is done and he's going to Philadelphia, which would be an interesting uh, move for him. Uh, And then story number three, out of some Cleveland newspaper that says, that if they win the championship, they will just basically give him the team uh, and let him pick and choose whatever he wants to do just to keep him there until he decides to retire as a Cavalier. So I, I quite frankly, have no idea. Uh, uh, NBA NBA free agency is is impossible to predict. People walk out with huge, you know, their whole salary structure and everything else. It's just... Will he act on a whim? He acted on a whim, I think, to go to Miami originally. Is he is he insulted? Does he feel like he doesn't get enough attention? Does he want to make tons of money? I mean, how many spots does he do right now? All I ever see him in are, are Sprite commercials. So, you know, does he want to move to a bigger market to get a better profile to be able to make more money uh, as an endorser? Uh, how many years does he have left to play? Does he want to play with young guys? Does he want to play with, you know, does he want to – 
get a championship as a Laker or retire as a Laker as opposed to retiring as a Cavs. There's so many considerations that it would be impossible to make any sort of guess at all. But I think the overwhelming uh, majority of people in Cleveland feel that if he doesn't win, if the team doesn't win the championship, he's gone. If they do win, then all, bet, all, all bets are still on the table. But if he doesn't win, he's gone someplace, and, and the best guess would be the Lakers. Yeah, the only thing with that I, I would argue against is that, yes, I, I understand all the reasons he wants to go to L.A., but it's also, I think, pretty safe to say that that streak of eight straight appearances in the NBA Finals for LeBron will end if he goes to the Lakers next year. I just don't think they're going to be able I mean, first of all, that's a bad Laker team right now, and I understand that he would try to assemble, you know, just like the way he did getting the whole thing together in Miami, but I, I just don't think that he'd be able to assemble that Laker team on the fly to be able, you know, also remember the Lakers play in the Western Conference with Golden State, with Houston, with the, some other good constructed teams right there. So I, I think it'd be very difficult for LeBron. If LeBron's ultimate goal is he wants to keep getting to the finals and maybe get a chance at some more rings, going to the Lakers is not the answer. I mean, he can finish out there, get a lot of money, you know, get, you know, be close to Hollywood and all that, but he'd have to be thinking for reasons other than winning. And it feels like, you know, his, his goal has been to, to try to win. I mean, despite the fact he's made eight straight appearances, uh, and this will be his ninth overall finals appearance, he's only three and five in the in the finals. He's only won three rings, and I, I think he does look at his legacy, and, you know, I think people will, you know, there, there's the comparisons to whether it's Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or, or any of the modern-day guys that, you know, have, like, you know, five or, or six rings. I, I think he wants to be in that conversation with them, and, uh, you know, even if they... Even if the the Cavs lose and lose badly to a good Golden State team, I think perhaps LeBron's best chance might be just to stay in Cleveland. The other uh, option you brought up there, you mentioned uh, Philadelphia. Anything involving Philadelphia is going to be involved in the uh, departure of Ben Simmons, in my opinion, because all Ben Simmons can do, he is a uh, facilitator. He's a passer. He does that very well. He can't shoot. If you bring LeBron in, LeBron's basically going to be your point forward. He's going to be running things, and I don't know what role Ben Simmons would have on that Philadelphia team if you brought LeBron in. Uh, so you'd have to, and, and I don't know if the Sixers would be, uh, you know, I don't know if they're that desperate. I, I think they've been this this long term process of building and building that team, and I think they'd like to see what Simmons and Embiid can do together for another year. Bringing LeBron in would just kind of shatter all that, and, and I, I still don't even know if that would guarantee. Uh, you know, ultimate success for them. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, it, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of options out there for LeBron if his number one goal is to try to win more rings. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, but, you know, he's got three more rings than Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley's <laughs> doing pretty well with about how many clients and, and spots are Charles, Charles Barkley on right now. Yeah. You know, the thought is at this point, it's time to cash in. If you're 33 years old, it's time, it's time to, you know, to get paid. Well, I mean, I think LeBron's been certainly paid uh, a lot. Let me throw this out at you. You know, it's uh, it's funny. A lot of comparisons have been talked about with the fact that LeBron is kind of responsible for, like, getting teams, bringing teams together. And when he's out on the floor, I think you see it, too, with this younger, inexperienced Cavaliers squad. You know, the fact that he's just, he really is kind of controlling everything out on the floor out there. Tyron Lue, I don't think, is a huge authority figure as a head coach. He's a decent coach, but... You could argue that LeBron's almost the co-coach of that team. I wonder if LeBron gets to a point where maybe he feels like maybe he's going to be stalled at three or four rings. He's never going to catch Jordan or Kobe. I wonder if maybe he'd be up for the challenge of wanting to, to go back. Let's go back again uh, to those uh, Celtics teams of the 60s. How about LeBron James player coach? I wonder if that would uh, be something he'd ever be interested in. He's practically doing it now. I just wonder would he want to have the official title uh, a la Bill Russell. Yeah, who was the last? I mean, who was the last player coach in the NBA? I know who the last player manager was in the in Major League Baseball, but who was the last player coach in the NBA? Would it have been Bill Russell? I I think it was. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know for certain. I mean, he's certainly the last one that was able to win a championship. I know that. I mean, Tommy Heinsohn had already retired when he took over coaching the Celtics in the '70s. Uh, so I would have to think it was Russell, and I'm not sure any other team would have been in a situation. I don't think the Lakers back then ever had any player coaches, uh, even though they had some some great teams in the 60s and 70s. I mean, guys like you know West and Baylor would become executives later on, but I don't think they ever uh, they weren't ever head coaches uh, back at the end of their playing careers. So I, I think it would have to be Russell. Interesting thought. I mean, I never even thought about that. 
I'm just I'm just thinking what other challenges does LeBron really have? Yeah, right, maybe the Hollywood challenge, like you said, if that's really the direction he wants to go in. But, uh, you know, otherwise it's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of wrap up the whole LeBron segment with this. You know, as I'm thinking about LeBron, and I, I talked about his record, he's only 3-5 and five in the finals in his career. Um, but he's been there, you know, this will be eight straight appearances and nine in like 10 or 11 years. You know, when you look at that, I, I had this debate with somebody turning to football at one point, I was saying what Joe Montana accomplished going 4-0 and in the Super Bowls was greater than Brady because Brady had lost twice. And and I kind of looked at that zero next to Montana's name in the Super Bowl and thinking, well, he, he went to four. And then, you know, my friend's telling me, well, why, why are you saying that? I mean, Brady got to seven or eight, and now, well, now he's been to eight Super Bowls, and that's a lot that's a lot harder to do to than it is to just go 4-0. and And, you know, so he's been in twice as many. And I think with LeBron, if you compare him, I know there's been the uh, debates, it's him and Jordan. Well, Jordan's a perfect 6-0, and but LeBron now has been to eight in a row, which Jordan didn't do because he took a little baseball break in the mid-'90s for whatever reason he decided to take that break, uh, whether it was self-imposed or not. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting. I, I, I think now people have to look at LeBron's, you know, legacy here compared to someone like Jordan. He, he's, just, he's been to more finals, even though he hasn't won as many as Jordan. And, and maybe, maybe it's just getting to the finals or getting to the championship round of your your respective sport is a greater accomplishment uh, as long as you've won some than it is to like go undefeated in the big game. Am I, well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that arguments like that are what make sports great and what makes bartenders rich. Yeah. <laughs> People will sit and order another drink just to continue that particular discussion about how you're the greatest player of all time. If you're going to ever name the top five NBA players of all time, you, LeBron James is going to be in every single one of those conversations. Uh, um, uh, will he ever be number one? Will he be number one? I don't know. But he is cemented himself as one of the top five play, best players to ever play NBA basketball. Uh, maybe that's all he needs to do. Yeah, that maybe that is all you need to do. Well, again, we're here with uh, Mark Elliott, and I know, Mark, you wanted to talk some other Ohio sports, so I'm going to give you a chance to, to do that. You said there's so much else going on in the world of Ohio sports, so... So tell us what what's uh, what's going on uh, these days. You're gonna you're gonna give us a complete uh, Columbus Crew breakdown here. <laughs> well, Columbus Columbus Crew is playing awfully well. Um, however, that's not the big MLS. Big... <laughs> uh oh, Mark, I think we're losing you. Hello, am I there? Uh, one, no, yep, we just got you again. Okay, okay. I don't know. So. Give... Yep. Give us the big news. I think you did allude to this when we had John a couple of months ago, something about uh, another uh, another Ohio team in the MLS. So has that become official now? Cincinnati was announced today as the uh, as the new MLS franchise. The expansion franchise along with Nashville, I think they start playing in 2020, although that's not confirmed as yet, because Nashville even hasn't confirmed that they start in 2019 as yet. Uh, Crew's playing really well. They're drawing about 11,000 uh, fans a game which is about uh, 10,100 actual more people than the Reds are drawing right now. Um, wow. But I, I think the crew's headed – I think that the awarding to Cincinnati is the confirmation that the crew's on its way to Austin because the, 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 the idea of two MLS teams that close together, which I think could create a great rivalry here and actually increase because Cincinnati is, not, is doing about 25,000 people a game for uh, uh, what's basically AAA um, um, soccer, uh, that level below. And uh, I think they'll continue to do well. They don't have a stadium down there yet, but uh, I think they're pretty close to coming up with one. So the excitement about soccer in Cincinnati has uh, assisted to uh, get, help people get over the fact that the Reds are now out of the playoffs in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Oh, they've already been mathematically eliminated, have they? Well, just based on how much money they're paying home. That you know the possibilities. They're talking today about trading Scooter Jeanette. That's the big story. Scooter Jeanette is the number one hitter in the National League as of stats from this morning. So that I would expect a big uh, Cincinnati Reds fire sale at any moment. Um, so who does your well, who do the Red Sox need? I think that uh, everybody will be everybody's for sale out of the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, um, I expect that to happen. Probably right after the All-Star game, you'll start seeing the Reds uh, uh, divest of their uh, high-quality players. Iglesias will go. That reliever, uh, Jeanette, will go. Um, uh, Nobody wants Billy Hamilton because he can't get on base. 
Um, uh, the possibility that, that, that I think they'll keep Winker, who's their, one of their outfielders. But uh, uh, I think, you know, other than about three or four guys on that team, everybody is uh, everybody's up for grabs on the Reds. Bengals are excited about uh, rookie John Ross. Oh, that's right. He's not a rookie this year. Um, are you technically still a rookie even if you didn't play in the, the, your rookie season uh, in the NFL? Uh, ask but, Ben uh, Simmons. I know it's a different sport, but uh, Ben Simmons is, is up for NBA Rookie of the Year honors, and you know it wasn't his technically his first year, but the NBA's but given it to him. At this point, John Ross looks healthy. It was that strange draft pick that they made. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Bengals this year having Billy Price, who was probably the best center in the Big Ten, uh, if not in college uh, football last year with Ohio State. And it's always exciting when the Bengals uh, or the Browns sign an Ohio State player. Well, what about the Browns? And, uh, you know, they have the number one overall pick. Everyone thinks they're going to take Darnold, and they instead uh, go for Baker Mayfield. Do you think uh, Do you think that's a, a huge gamble that they're, they're taking for a team that's already uh, swung and missed on an awful lot of uh, quarterback draft picks? Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Cleveland Browns quarterback draft picks. Johnny Manziel. Just write that down. Just remember that if I was... Did he, he just sign at the CFL somewhere last week, I think? Absolutely. That's because the, the, you know, the liquor laws are a little less stringent in Canada. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't know about the Browns. I really haven't paid much attention to them. I think the Browns fans that I know are excited based on what they've seen. They're happy with Mayfield versus Darnold. But um, um, I don't know. I, I, I just haven't paid that much attention to them. I think that uh, – um, um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I think, the, I think the Bengals have the possibility of a team. The question is, is, you know, like every year, will the Bengals figure out a way to lose it? Because that seems to be what they're the best at, is figuring out a way to lose it. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, let me bounce around. You you brought up some other sports there, so I kind of want to go back to some of these other ones. First of all, with regards to the Reds and maybe what the Red Sox could use, uh, you know, uh, come midseason, I think they'd be looking at the Reds bullpen. Uh, and I don't know what the Red Sox have in terms of a lot of blue chip minor league prospects that they could offer the Reds. So I don't know uh, what kind of a you know any kind of deals might be involved between those two teams. I will say this though, I find it very sad. For such a proud franchise, and uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the former big red machine, and and all of that, and uh, now, you know, they have a beautiful new ballpark. It's not, I know, it's not that new anymore, but the Great American Ballpark. I, I've been there uh, to watch games. It's a great, uh, great place, and you know, the the fans of Cincinnati certainly deserve a lot better now than a team that's uh, going to trade. Like you just said, one of the top hitters in the league. I, I can't believe that they wouldn't want to build around Scooter Jeanette. Instead, they're going to put him on the trading block. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, that that that's just kind of a sad state of affairs. Is that? Uh, I mean, so there's like no long term hope at all for the for the Reds franchise. Uh, the I think that they paid so much money to the players that haven't paid off. Um, you know, the only bright spot on the Reds right now in terms of transactions in the last year has been Matt Harvey. And, you know, if you tell anybody, if you put, nobody ever expected to hear the words Matt Harvey and bright spot in the same sentence. <laughs> right. After seeing the way he started the season. So I'm not excited about the Reds. I'm still a fan. I will always be a fan and I will always root for them, but I'm not excited about them for the next couple of years unless they make some sort of dramatic move to get better. Um, and it's going to it's going to it's going to require them spending money on pitching. They don't they've got the offense that could win games, but when you know when you score seven runs and lose a game consistently, something they've done more than once this year, you're just you're you're just not going to win. Yeah, that that's that, make it. that's tough. And then uh, back to your MLS that comment. News. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, back to your soccer comment. Uh, you were talking about so so. Congratulations to the to the city of Cincinnati for getting awarded an MLS franchise. Uh, so, but you're saying Columbus now. You're I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Columbus now definitely I think has to move because I don't think the state of Ohio is going to have two MLS franchises. Even though Cincinnati may be able to support a, a franchise better than even Columbus is doing. Uh, so, is, is there going to be an imminent announcement coming? You think that the the crew franchise will be uh, moving to what you said, Austin, Texas? Whoops. Oh, I think we lost. I think we lost him. Oh, we. We lost Mark Elliott there. Oh my goodness! Wow, that that's not that that has not happened to me on a Toddcast before. Wow, 
You know, either that or he was just uh, totally uh, turned off by the uh, <laughs> totally turned off by my question about the uh, MLS and the Columbus crew. Yes, well, I gave Mark a chance to talk soccer, and then he goes and hangs up. I no, I think we unfortunately might have hit a bad sell there. I'm going to try to give him a couple of more minutes to uh, to come back on, but. Uh, well, here we go. This is something that's never, of course, it's never happened on the TV show because I always have Howie McClellan by my side, and I'm grateful for that. But here on the Toddcast, it's usually uh, myself and uh, bringing a, you know, we Howie's been in here on occasion, but a lot of times I do try to uh, just get some folks uh, to call in, and we've never actually lost a call in the middle of the Toddcast. So, uh, uh, again, we'll see if we can give... Uh, Mark, a couple more minutes here. But, uh, you know, again, my thoughts, uh, you know, getting back to the Celtics, I know, because I, I think that's probably, for people that are uh, listening to this podcast, probably a little more concerned about uh, the Celtics and their long-term hopes. And, you know, as I kind of said with Mark there, I'm really, um, you know, there's no question that, you know, as the days go on and we, we head into this uh, this summer, as a fan, I can look back and say I'm extremely proud of what the Celtics team was able to accomplish and doing it with without Kyrie and without Hayward and uh, these young players getting so much valuable experience and I, I mean I think to see the way Tatum's game in his rookie season just rose uh, you know again maybe that that slam dunk he had over LeBron in, in the final minutes of game seven is uh, you know I don't, I don't want to say it's a complete passing of the torch because LeBron isn't ready to let go of that torch yet and nor do I think Tate, Jason Tatum is is ready to pick up the torches being the best player in the NBA I'm not going to say that but uh uh, this is a special kid. He's 20 years old, and what he's been able to accomplish in his uh, young NBA career. I think it was pointed out uh, uh, during the Game 7 broadcast that two years ago, Jason Tatum was playing high school basketball, and <laughs> here he was in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals as a 20-year-old as a uh, kid. He can't even legally drink yet, and yet he... Uh, uh, you know, he was doing what he did. Jalen Brown in his second season certainly stepped up. Uh, I know he didn't step up in Game 7, but, uh, you know, and even a player like Terry Rozier, who uh, got to play a lot of meaningful minutes, which he would not have been able to do if Kyrie Irving had stayed healthy this year. He would have been um, the backup. And, in fact, I, there's been, there was some talk. Uh, I know a lot of the post-game analysis, uh, and Irving was interviewed, and I guess uh, he said he was... Looking forward to you know being back with the Celtics next year, even if it's in a reduced role. He understands the situation and he's willing to kind of, I think in the short term at least, uh, go back to being the understudy to Kyrie Irving. But I don't think that's where he wants to be long term. I think he, as he proved during these playoffs, that he can be a starting point guard. I, I think he needs to be a little more consistent, uh, particularly between home and road. He had some great home splits. Oddly enough, at the end of this uh, Eastern Conference Final Series with Cleveland, his, his last really good game was Game 6 in Cleveland. Game 7, not so great. But uh, uh, I'm going to try to text Mark one more time here. Uh, we'll see if we... Uh, Mark may have uh, totally uh, gone into a, uh, a bad uh, sell, but I'm going to give him one more shot here as I uh, try to... Uh, punch in the phone number uh, <laughs> for the studio here. Uh, a couple of reminders then, as I guess we're, we're probably wrapping up the show. I, again, I can't really do a show by myself as I'm trying to do my best here. Uh, assuming that we do not get Mark back, I do want to thank him. Again, he's the brother of Jeff Hansel, who's the program director here at the Belmont Media Center, provides uh, uh, this great media center and, of course, this podcast studio where we do all of our shows from here, these podcasts. So, uh, so again, Mark Elliott, uh, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at the Mark Elliott, T-H-E Mark Elliott. That's two L's, two T's in, in the last name. And uh, uh, we'll, so we will uh, see if he comes back again. I uh, want to thank him for joining us. At least we were able to get through most of the main topics of the uh, program. And uh, we had him on for a good uh, 40 minutes or so uh, before we lost him. So <laughs> it's, uh, that's good. Uh but uh, just to pass along some other uh, bookkeeping here, of course, uh, don't forget, follow us on social media. You can search Time Out for Sports Talk on Facebook, on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC. You can get links to the latest TOST podcast as soon as they're available. And, of course, uh, if you have the SoundCloud app, all you have to do is search Belmont Media 
And then you can see all the different podcasts that are offered. And there's a whole lot of great shows out there, uh, whatever your topic. But if you're a sports fan and uh, you'd want to hear some good sports conversation, uh, check out TOST Toddcast. We've got about uh, 40 of them or so in the uh, library right now. Uh, some of them more topical than others. Some are just kind of fun, fun shows where we, uh, you know, we just do a lot of talking to sports, been bringing back some uh, former panelists, former uh, guests, friends, uh, and the like uh, on the show. Our next live show, our next live television show, will be coming up on Wednesday, June 13th. That's at 8 o'clock. Uh, if you want to get an early comment out there, you can uh, go on Twitter. Again, our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC. If you use the hashtag TOSTJUN13, that's short for June 13th, J-U-N, T-O-S, at T- or hashtag TOST. J-U-N-1-3, June 13th. That'll be our next live show, Wednesday, June 13th, with uh, Howie McClellan and myself, and a guest to be determined. We haven't actually uh, finalized things with our guests yet, as is the case. We typically, uh, uh, breaking the fourth wall down a little bit, we sometimes uh, don't get to do that until uh, late in the game. But uh, it's kind of last minute sometimes that we have those... uh, those guests lined up. Well, unfortunately, it does not appear that uh, Mark Elliott is going to be able to call us back. But as I said, we had him on for at least a good 40 minutes. Got to talk uh, Got to talk a lot of NBA finals, a lot of NBA Eastern Conference finals. We talked LeBron. We talked the Celtics. Had a chance for him to, to throw in some other Cincinnati and Ohio sports remarks. Uh, you know, I'm kind of stunned that the Columbus crew are going to leave the state of Ohio and Cincinnati's getting an expansion franchise. It just, uh, to me, Columbus, I mean, I don't follow MLS that closely don't get me wrong but the columbus crew have always been sort of talked about as one of these kind of like uh, signature mls franchises and it surprises me that they would move although i'm guessing it's the owner who just wants to pick up and move so if we kept mark on the line one of the things i would have probably done is talked a little bit about the stanley cup finals which have no connection to ohio or to boston or this area here new england um but uh, anyone who got a chance to watch game one of the uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. I have to say that's the first time I think I have watched the pregame ceremony for a, a Vegas Golden Knights game. I'm guessing they were doing this for every one of their playoff games. Maybe they even uh, had the same sort of pregame extravaganza for their regular season games. But I guess like everything in Vegas, if you're going to compete for the entertainment dollar and uh, one of the entertainment capitals of this country... Uh, that being Las Vegas, Nevada, you have got to uh, up your game. You've got to big. You got to be big, and you got to be glamorous. You got to have a, a big presentation. You got to pop. Uh, I don't want to pop too much on the mic here, but uh, that's something that it's a big part of what makes uh, Vegas a fun place to visit. And you can obviously see the Vegas Knights have uh, embraced that. I will say between uh, what Vegas is doing right now. Being having their first professional sports franchise and reaching the championship round of their respective sport, the fact that a couple of weeks ago you had the Supreme Court rule that you know all states now uh, can uh, lay down their own legislation with regards to uh, sports gambling, uh, you just you can kind of uh, you can kind of see something blossoming here. And don't forget, the city of Las Vegas is going to get a second sports franchise, which may be the real test. Although certainly, what the Golden Knights are doing—it's a great story, a first-year expansion team, uh, you know—and and, and that big pregame extravaganza. Wow! I mean, I've just, I've never seen a pregame ceremony like that in the NHL. I'm sure all those folks up in uh, Toronto and Montreal that were watching that, if they were watching it. Uh, were probably like spinning. They were spinning in their graves, and they're not even dead. I, I think that's the you know a lot of old school hockey people who it's like oh, old time hockey, Eddie Shore, and all that. I think they're probably watching these Stanley Cup finals and going, "The Vegas Golden Knights? What kind of a pregame was that? I have never seen anything like it." I mean, I think it might be the direction the league's going to go in, though, if they want to continue to excel, if they want to expand. I think they've been talking about adding more teams to the NHL. I'm not necessarily sure that's the direction they should be going. Going in, but again, my opinion. Still, uh, you know, Vegas is really uh, quite the city, and in a couple of years, when they uh, get an NFL franchise there, wow, they're going to have professional hockey, professional football, and uh, you know, the fact that you may at some point get a large majority of states in this country uh, where you can actually go and legally bet on games. I mean, it's just it, it's 
it, it, it feels like a new revolution as far as, uh, you know, uh, sports in this country. And, uh, you know, it kind of uh, feels appropriate right now that Vegas is in the spotlight, not just for these Stanley Cup finals, but kind of in general, uh, something we will talk about, Howie and I and our guests to be named. We will talk about that on our next live show. Again, that's going to be coming up Wednesday, June 13th. We hope you can uh, join us. We might try to squeeze in another Toddcast before then, uh, depending on if I can line up a guest and if uh, the uh, studio time is available here. Uh, but regardless, again, I want to take one more opportunity to uh, to thank uh, Mark Elliott so much uh, for joining us uh, here. Uh, another uh, a great uh, appearance by him. Uh, well, uh, the end notwithstanding, unfortunately, uh, uh, he <laughs> either got into a bad cell or uh, there was like a thunderstorm or something, and uh, it, it zapped out his uh, his uh, connection. But uh, hopefully he is okay, and I uh, look forward to uh, talking to Mark again in the future. Again, our next television show, as I said, will be Wednesday, June the 13th. We will uh, be uh, previewing it or telling you more about it, promoting it on our uh, social media pages. Uh, if you're on Facebook, just search Time Out for Sports Talk. You can become a fan of the show. And if you're on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC. If you would like to post a comment uh, for that show, or if you have any comments about anything I've just said the last few minutes as I've been trying to do a, a Toddcast by myself here, uh, which I suppose, given the name of the uh, given the name of it, maybe it's appropriate that I am uh, doing the Toddcast solo here at the end. But uh, our hashtag for our upcoming show is TOSTJUN13. And if you have any comments, um, you know, leading into that live television show we have in a couple of weeks, or if you want to comment on anything I've said here. Use that hashtag on Twitter. You can comment. You can say, hey, I listen to the Toddcast. We don't do hashtags for the Toddcasts. So just for now, at least for the time being. So if you have a comment, send it to uh, hashtag TOSTJUN13. That's if you're on Twitter. But uh, we'll uh, wrap things up here again. Uh, thank you so much. Don't forget to check out all of our Toddcasts on uh, SoundCloud.com. You can also get the link uh, to all of our Toddcasts on the uh, the Belmont Media page and uh, a lot of good stuff as we said uh, is there for you to check out so go check that out uh, one again one more time thank mark elliott for joining us his twitter handle is at the mark elliott and until next time this is todd bloniars thanking you for checking out the tost toddcast right here on the belmont media podcast network